Well, here we go, boys and girls. Episode number 176 of the UVA. Oh, that's not UVA podcast at all. It's a Turin Giants podcast. I still go back after we change our name. Uh, Turin Giants podcast here. We have two very special guests with us. Uh, we will be talking about the Locatelli transfer, how, how geeked we are, how happy we are about getting one of the most promising young players in the game. There's not much to talk about otherwise, and we just we felt like we needed to get that get that episode out there. Unfortunately, my crew is missing. Matt, Giovanni, and Sam are very busy, so I'm glad that the two very special guests stepped up to the plate um, uh, under a very short notice. Adam Digby, thank you so much for being with us today. No problem. I'm glad that when Giovanni's busy, I've got nothing better to do than, than to hear him <laughs> talk about you, Van Locatelli, and listen to you get the name of your own podcast wrong. Appreciate you, man. But uh, Adam and I, we go way back. He was really nice of you know. He was really nice to us when we were a very small podcast. So we thank you always uh, for still appearing. Still in single digits, I think the first time, and now one seven six. Man, that's awesome. Thank you, well, sir. Well. Yeah, you're you're welcome anytime. I don't have to reach out to you. You tell me when you want to come on, and we'll we'll get you on. Um, I'll I'll tell you guys more about we'll 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 have Adam plug in what he's into what what he's up to nowadays. But I wanted to introduce our our other guest Justin Sephora. He's a, he's a young he's a youngster in the game. He has his own YouTube channel that you know he sent me all the uh, all the uh, stuff to talk about. But I of course forgot to pull it up. Um, Justin, welcome. Appreciate you having me. Uh, definitely. Uh... Yeah, I'll say I'm the younger guy, but I'm the only guy here missing all of his hair. So uh, have- it's all good. We, 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 this is not a video podcast, so we will pretend <laughs> you have a full head of luscious hair. How about that? Good to, uh, good to hear. I have, uh, of course, you got Adam here, who is the uh, first team uh, squad kind of guy. Then you got me coming out of the Primavera. Uh, instead of like, being, <laughs> like you know, people riding the Fajoli train, you're going to want to send me right back. <laughs> yes, yes. You, you're, you're on thin ice, buddy. We're Allegri and you're, you're Fajoli. So let, exactly. let's see what you can bring to us. The way you you can reach uh, our, our guests. I'll start with with Justin. He has his own YouTube channel with Bianconeri's own, uh, a young and uh, young and up and coming YouTube channel, which I really enjoy uh, daily. You, the, you guys were bringing daily news when there was nothing to talk about. And <laughs> Matt props, because I don't know how you did it. We, we tried to. We slugged through you know the muck and everything of it just you know we had a lot of people hating on it because uh we're telling you that there's no Locatelli news for two months and that's basically what it was because that's what the Mercado was um we thought when we launched it was you know June we thought maybe we're gonna have a lot to talk about because of the Mercado I was wrong (laughs) so we you know we made we made do with what we could at least so the way you can reach Justin is on Twitter at Justin Soforo that's S-O-F-O-R-O YouTube is youtube.com slash Bianconetti Zone. And Twitter for the main account is Bianconetti Zone. If, if you're on Twitter, if you're a Juve fan, you're pretty much following both of these dudes now. Uh, Adam, tell us what you're up to. Tell us your, uh, 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 your Twitter handle is at ADZ77. Welcome back again. How's, how's life treating you? How, how's this little mini lockdown? Thanks. Yeah, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I- Spent the summer enjoying the the Euros in Italy. I got to go to the the semi final at Wembley, so that was great. And oh, I'm fantastic. still working on the the Curve Culture newsletter and podcast that, that comes out every week as well. So you can get me there, or as you said, on the the Twitter ADZ at seventy seven. 
Yes, sir. What kind of what kind of stuff do you guys talk about on the, on the uh, podcast? All of Serie A, really. We've just done a, an episode for this week that's talking about the the biggest clubs. Well, next week we'll do the smaller clubs when we've actually watched some of them play. You know, rather than than pretending we know about uh, Salernitana's midfield or or whatever it may be. We we'll wait until we've actually seen some of them in action and then then talk about them then because we really focused on Serie A. And we we don't really watch much Serie B, so you have to see talk um, about what you know. That's that's why you guys are the OGs because you go you do the deep dives and you know here on the Touring Giants podcast we just just talk shit and just just make fun of Sam. Yeah, you, he, see, you, yeah. say, you say that, but I, I might do a, a deep dive podcast and talk about Solentano a little bit. But the best thing in the world is chatting shit about Juve, right? So. That's right, baby. That's right. And 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 talk shit about Juve, we will. There's a believe it or not, even though the, the you know the season hasn't started yet, there's a lot to talk about. Um. The, the way to follow us is at UVet Podcast on Twitter is the best way to reach us, at Turin Giants on Instagram. And please check out our apparel line, at Turin Giants on Twitter. Um, popular, last couple, of, uh, last couple of releases were pretty popular. And we're just, you know, just getting started, trying to feel out the, the, uh, the market in the marketplace and stuff. So if you want cool stickers, head to TurinGiants.com. Um, that's not enough about us. I wanted to... My name is Farhad, by the way. See, I, I've been doing this since 2013. I still don't introduce myself. I'm pretty awful at this, just just so you know. So I've been not, 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 for how many years? <laughs> you're not awful. You're I appreciate you, man. You, you, guys, you guys are very nice. Um, I wanted to do something different. Since you guys have never met, since this is literally you guys have been on for five minutes just introducing yourselves, I wanted to see who can beat a general um, general knowledge quiz. We're going to play till three, till not till three, but we're going to play till a score of three. Um, let me pull up my awesome buzzer sound. If you get the question right, you get the Alessandro Belpiero. If you get the question wrong, you'll get, oh, you get the buzzer. We'll work on the effects later. We'll, we'll fix this in post. Um, just I tried kidding. to we'll get walk. some kind of idea of what this, what, we, what we're going to be, you know, quizzed about. He would not, you know, give any of that to me so there's no cheating on this end and yeah we expect been... myself to lose no you'll be good it's a general knowledge but it will take some you know it'll take some some thinking to do there's only one uv question but um what do you say we get started who wants to go hmm, how do we how do we go first who's gonna go first let's let's let um Justin, go first since he's the yeah, first fine. time, first time guest. Just try to draw me to Giorgio Chiellini, Jordi Alba. Now it's like you go on, right. you go first. You go on. <laughs> go on. That's what I feel like. I feel like I'm taking the first PK, which usually would work out better, but it's not going to. So let's see what did, we got. Did you Did you guys see the Did you guys see when they reunited during a Barcelona friendly? Yeah, in the tunnel. No, I didn't was, see that. Oh my god, he did the same thing in the tunnel. Just Chiellini yeah, is just bullying him at this point. Uh, of course, after this quiz, please, you know, stay with us. We're going to have fun with this. And then we'll talk about, uh, obviously, transfers. Uh, we'll, we'll preview Serie A and all that good stuff. So hang with us. So, Justin, you go first. Which American pop star has the birth name Catherine Hudson? Oh, oh. by the way, if you get the question, if you get the question wrong, the other player can steal the, the point. So go ahead. Is it Katy Perry? Boom! Yes. See let's how... go. <laughs> <laughs> so so one zero. You see how serious he got? He got closer to the microphone. Hold on. Let me get a piece of <laughs> let me get a piece of paper to uh 
to make sure that I keep the score. Because last time we did it, we did it with, I, I don't remember who did it with, but I was just terrible. I couldn't keep the score. And it, <laughs> All right, here we go. I don't know if I should be proud that I knew that or not. I don't know if that's really. I know, true. I know. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Side. But uh, you got you got very excited. Hey, you know, Katy Perry. I'm, hot and I'm cold. It is, what you, it is. Oh my God! And he, and he worked in a pun. You'll be yep. a great father one day, my friend. <laughs> All right. So this question is for Adam. You ready? What was the name of the ship Christopher Columbus sailed from Spain oh. to New New World in 1492? I don't know, but genuinely no idea. That's right. That was a tough question. I, yeah, I kind of yeah. mixed them up. So there's there's no um, I'm, I'm sure there's a bunch of people who don't know that. So we're educational and entertaining at the same time. Justin, do you know the answer to that? He does, man. Look at his face. He's I, 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 I don't know it off the top. Is, I don't need a pit to Santa Maria. I, is it? Um... Yes. Good okay. job. Yeah. Well, I, didn't, I didn't say, but it, that's three ships, though, right? Didn't I need to say the specific one? Like, I don't know. We'll, if I was... Listen, we'll, we'll, we'll accept Santa Maria. We'll, that, it's, okay. It was a tough question, so you stole it. Adam, no shame, I promise you. Um, so, downhill from here. Like, so it's all downhill from here for me. So let's, let's let Adam uh, go next. What do you say? All right, yeah. All right, well... Again, these are these are these were predetermined before the game. So there's, you know, I'm going in order, and um, just happens to be a British-related question. Which British band released released the album "A Rush of Blood to the Head" in 2002? Mm. Oh, I don't know that either, man. I'm lost there. No, hold, hold on. on. Justin, your chance to seal the game and and. Here's the problem. Oh, my God. You guys no, don't know this. No, Come no, no, on. No, it's no, a classic the, album. No, I know this. I don't want to do this because I want to keep playing. And I also don't want to. <laughs> I don't, don't want to do this, but I have right. to do it because my wife would disown me. It's her favorite band, Coldplay. I there know Coldplay. It, it, she would literally uh, she would divorce me take <laughs> head and everything. So I had to do it. I apologize. Uh, oh, well, oh. Justin, congratulations. That was excellent. That was that was easier than I thought. Huh? That was I, I thought I was going to get killed. I'm, I'm probably going to get killed the rest of the podcast. So it's a, it's a problem. So here we go. I have one good shining moment. So Adam, Adam is literally Juve under 23 being, <laughs> being three zero down. Um, but I listen, I have to be honest with you. Adam may not know these answers, but he knows a thing or two about Juve. So that's what we're here to play. That's what we're here to talk about. Uh, what do you say we get started? So, Transfer market. Uh, let, let's get into the, the difficulties of the transfer market in these, as they say, unprecedented times. Adam, you're the OG here. Uh, take us through the dynamics of non-EPL transfer world right now. Uh, yeah, I think, what I think with the, the uh, post-COVID era, as we just saw, well, I say post-COVID, we're still very much in it, aren't we? But after all the lockdown and no fans and finances of these clubs being such a mess, unless you're PSG, apparently, or Man City, mm -hmm. um, it's it, it's really difficult. And I think the couple of things, Juve are always really careful with their money, aren't they? We know that. They they always have been the whole time, unless it was Ronaldo or De Ligt. And, and this, the Locatelli deal in particular, is the first first foray into the transfer market for, for Kerobini, the new, the new CEO who's come from the Ferrari Formula One team. And I think 
you can look at the deal that he's concluded with Locatelli and you can see that he's brought his his business-like approach to to football transfers, which is a an alien concept in somebody is only willing to pay the the going rate for something that that they want to get. And I think I think one of the the biggest takeaways for me from the whole Locatelli thing is how everybody wins. Sassuolo, mm-hmm. Juve, and Locatelli all come out of this deal looking good, man. I mean, we can you can complain about the. If you're if you're looking at it from a Sassuolo side, or oh, they've got 25 million plus bonuses, but it's two years loan, and then it's paid over three years. But they're still going to get 40 million for a player who only wanted to go to one club, who who didn't want to get engaged in transfer talks with anybody else, didn't want to go anywhere, said he'd rather stay at Sassuolo and 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 basically run down his contract than than play for anybody except Juve. We see after he's joined Juve, he's saying about how it was his dream since he was a child to play for Juve. He's turned mm-hmm. down Arsenal, Tottenham, who knows who else. So I, I heard still... Bo- Borussia Dortmund and Shakhtar because you know his former coach went there. Yeah, deserve it. For, for them to still get 40 million out of that deal, whether it's down the road and paid in installments, whatever, it's still 40 million. It's still there. Um, that's a really good deal. I think mm-hmm. Locatelli, obviously, we know he's got the club they wanted, and Juve have got the player that they wanted. At a price that they wanted to pay. So I think you have to, yeah, okay, we might like it if the business is concluded early, but it's a, it's a midfielder who plays in Syria. He knows the league, he knows the language, he knows the culture. He clearly mm-hmm. knows the club by the way that he's been talking since he arrived. So I don't think that the um, settling in period is going to be as long. He was away at the Euros anyway. When did Keeling and Bonucci come back to full training? Last week. So mm-hmm. he's been training with Sassuolo. He knows four of his teammates because he won the Euros with them. He, he probably knows plenty more of those guys as well. So it's a it's a great deal at, at a good price and I guess a, a fantastic player for Juve, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's a, a lot of people were impatient. I saw more impatient, more more nasty messages towards <laughs> towards Juve. Justin's pointing at himself. I, wait, wait, I, it, I did it, not it, do a nasty message. <laughs> <laughs> this was impatient. That was it. Uh, I, I just... For some reason, thought it was going to happen. It was inevitable, and there was must be there. There was you know there was just you know logistical stuff going on. They have they had to agree on something. And me sitting or you sitting at at your you know on your phone on Twitter complaining well, wasn't going to change anything. Was, like Adam said that the, the, he was so adamant about going to Juve that to me it was inevitable. Do I wish he would have come in earlier? Yes, but you know the deal was done. That's that's all that matters. Adam, can you break down for us for talk to me like a five year old? So I'm going to read the deal and how it went through and you you break down to uh, to us. Um, So look at Telly. It's a two year loan, free obligation to buy at 25 million euros payable in three years, plus 12.5 million euro bonus. Right. So obviously that, that means it's coming to you now. But it's mm-hmm. only on, on paper. It's only a loan, but we know it's not a loan. He's going to get mm-hmm. and a five-year contract with Juve, which obviously covers that whole period, doesn't it? Two-year loan, three years in installments, five-year mm-hmm. contract. So that all ties in. The twenty-five million then obviously gets paid in installments over the three years after the loan. So it's going to be what eight point three, eight point four million a year. Maybe that even might be some in January, some in June. So it might be six installments rather than three, but it's whatever. It was, 
It was so funny to me. Sorry to interrupt. It was so funny because even the I, I'm, I'm going to read a couple of questions. I'm going to read this, this tweet that that made news yesterday uh, from this uh, New York Times reporter. He was very unhappy about Juve. But you, you look at the, the general opinion and people just thought it was a complete steal, especially, you know, EPL fans, if you read their comments. Uh, the way the way things are going in the EPL, the way the bubble is just like never burst. You, you, you don't expect it to ever burst because it's just so. Um, the the figures they're talking about is so crazy uh, to see something like that going on somewhere in, in a big club. That's pretty sweet. You know, I'm I'm pretty happy about how we're spending the spending our money, and you know, we all thought that Marotta was a good negotiator, and then Cherubini comes comes along and just completely finesses and we, we do have a good relationship with Sassuolo so that's that's good uh Justin anything you wanted to add you know how how you were anticipating the transfer yeah I mean I will obviously say I was one of the impatient ones and I was you know <laughs> I was also doing a YouTube channel you're doing daily videos I had to sometimes I had to yell and scream and just you know just whatever just for entertainment purposes but I was getting yeah. a little bit frustrated my main frustration comes from just the it's, it's really not even the deal. It's just not having him earlier, trying to get him acclimated with the system. And obviously, a lot of these guys are still on vacation anyway, so he wouldn't have really been able to do um, a ton right away. But that's more my my impatience is just from being a fan, just being a fan and watching all of last season and just seeing, you know, some struggles, points dropped against teams early on that you can't really risk doing. We can't do that again. And that's our uh, Juventus can't do that again. Uh, I that's the main thing where I get where's most of my uh, frustration came from. Uh, my question I did want to ask uh, Adam is, and we were talking about this with the Bianca Canary Zone is just how well known was it that uh, um, sorry that Locatelli was like I knew his dad. The rumors that his dad was a Juventus fan, his brother a Juventus fan, but I haven't really heard a lot of like this kid. I mean, we knew he wanted to come to Juventus, but like. I, I mean, I got that feeling that he was a Juventus fan. If your family is here locally, you, you, it's in your blood for the most part. But how well known was it that, like, he was this big of a Juventus fan? This was, like, his dream dream. Because I didn't remember hearing a lot of that. It wasn't really because he was at Milan, wasn't he, as a youth team player? So I think, obviously, if, you, if you're at Milan and you're a Juve fan, maybe you keep that to yourself. So he's he's not talked about it. And then when he went to Sassuolo, I think one thing you have to you have to say with, with Locatelli, I'm quite a few players of his generation is the level of professionalism that they've got. So even when he's gone to Sassuolo, he's not like, yeah, well, I didn't want to be at Milan anyway because I'm a Juve fan. He, he just stayed quiet, got on with his job and, and and did his work and showed just how good he is, you know, and I think that's credit to him. So, no, I don't think it really was very well known that he was a, a massive Juve fan. It's it's come out while he's been working on this deal that all, all about his family being Juve fans, which then obviously, like you say, just in that, Obviously, then he's a Juve fan. Your dad's a Juve fan. Your mum's a Juve fan. Your brother's a Juve <laughs> fan. Then, unless you're a complete psychopath, you're a Juve fan as well, aren't you? You know. So, right. yeah. But yeah, he's he's done a good job keeping that quiet and and fair play to him for it. You know, I think you have to. It's easy as Juve fans to say, well, obviously he supports Juve and that's awesome. But as as a as as somebody who covers the rest of the league too, I think it's great that such a talented young player who's been at Milan, been at Sassuolo, he's not talking about Juve all the time, or he's kept it to himself. And then when he's mm-hmm. gone to Juve, he's like, "Yeah, I've always supported Juve. I, I really, I wanted this move, and it's it's great for me and for my family. And that's that's good to see. He's not, he's never said he was a Milan fan before, and then he's mm-hmm. now all all my life I wanted to play for Juve. I wanted <laughs> to play for Milan before. He's he stayed quiet and then he's got the move he wanted and he's, he's spoke his truth. So 
fair play to him for that. I'd give him a lot it's, of credit. It's a, he's a complete steal. You know, Juve is, is building this, this, this youth spine against, uh, uh, around Juve, and it's just so awesome to see. Kiesa, uh, Kiesa, Kiesa is old news, isn't he? Yeah, old news, but we, we saw, we've seen, you've got to say over the last 12 months, this is what gives me a lot of, uh, a lot of hope for what the future holds for, for Locatelli is getting Chiesa because I watched a lot of Federico Chiesa at Fiorentina and he was mm-hmm. not the player that we see now at Juve and lighting up the Euros in any way, shape or form. He what's what's the difference? Can you, can you show us a little? Consistency and mm-hmm. an understanding of what it takes to help a team win. And at Fiorentina, he was very much an individualist, taking on players, firing shots mm-hmm. into the crowd, really mm-hmm. wasteful in attack. He's learned when to shoot, when to pass. And I think we saw the, the fruition of that with, with Italy at the Euros. But even before that, from sort of October, November onwards, he completely changed the way that he was playing. I think we saw, even in the first six, eight weeks of the season at Juve, we saw the same frustrations that he saw at at Fiorentina, but then he's he's been spoken to, he's been coached, he's been coached up. Um, and I think you have to give credit to the coaching staff at Juve, not just the, the head coach in Pilo then and, and Allegri now, but but the, the other coaches and the other players getting hold of him, pushing him in the right direction, bringing the best out of him. And that's something that we've seen quite a lot of in the past with Juve is these, these youth, young players who come in, they either sink or swim. It's You never seem to get a... Uh, a really oh we've signed this 21 year old promising player and then uh, he's okay but he, mm-hmm. maybe he could be a bit better they're either awesome or they're terrible and may, they're either Chiesa or they're Bernadeschi I guess is what I'm saying <laughs> you know it's, speaking of Bernadeschi you, do do you guys are you guys on the on the train of this is his year finally after three four years of, of misery uh, do you think Euro kind of changed his mentality or are we just are we just hoping for the best? Let's revisit this topic in May, I guess. Um, I'll just say real quick. Thank you. I didn't want to step on any toes. Um, cool. I've been well, not well, I'm not well known, but I'll say I have a history of being a, an Italian. Are you nervous or something? Uh, You're OK. No, I'm just trying to make sure I don't say anything that goes a little bit, you know, I don't want to go too crazy a, here. No, it's a you're com- fine, man. It's a conversation. Yes, you're, you're, you're in good hands. Don't worry. Go ahead. I am an Italian chill. When it comes to for Juve, I wrote an article about, you know, I think Juve, it was this really cheesy title, Where the Black with, or Where the Black and White with the Blue, something like that. Anyway, it was just mm-hmm. basically about having an Italian core. So I have been a, when it, an apologist for a long time. I was until like a year and a half ago for Bernadeschi, just expecting mm-hmm. more of him, but also like being, you know, easier on him than most. At this point, though, I, Yes, he um, the shot was great, but at the same time, I just I can't I can't buy back in right now until maybe you know maybe Allegri can be a miracle worker, but I just I can't buy back in right now. This is way I that's where I'll leave it at for the most part. But I do have a history of saying give him time. <laughs> but yeah, that's why I, I mean I think I think we've all I think we've all just you know exhausted all our all our options with him because it's, it's just, it keeps getting worse and worse. And I, I, Adam, I remember your, I remember your, um, your tweets too, man. I, I feel like you're, you're not the biggest fan, but I, you know, are you hopeful? To be, I don't know because I think when he first came, I was really disappointed in just how poor he was. And then like 
like Justin, you want to you wanna give him time, you want to hope for the best. It's not easy to adjust playing for Juve. Look how De Ligt struggled, you know. And De Ligt's a world-class player, proven performer. And he struggled just as bad as Bernadeschi fought. I mean, that Napoli game on his debut was an absolute horror show. That's worse mm-hmm. than any game Bernadeschi's ever had in his life. But mm-hmm. he, he's never found his feet, Bernadeschi, until he played great against Atletico Madrid. He shaved all his hair off and he looked like he was getting down to business and he was going to put the work in playing alongside Ronaldo and it, it, it just fizzled out. And then there's always talk he's going to play in midfield. He's going to play as a fullback, blah, blah, blah. And nothing ever comes of it. So I'm, I'm pretty much on the same page as Justin, to be honest, once bit and twice shy, you know, I've, I've defended him for a long time. I've criticized him a lot at the Euros. He, he, he showed he's still got it in, in spurts. We have to remember he was only coming off the bench and, few minutes here and there, scored some big penalties, sure, but he didn't really contribute during the games very much, which, again, is, is has been his biggest problem. Maybe if you were to get to a penalty shootout, we know there's a, a stone-cold killer on the bench you can bring on and, and nail a spot kick, but other than that, I, he's got to do it, hasn't he? You know, and you look at the, yeah. you look at the Juve attack with Allegri back. Allegri's spoken at length. He's, he's told me this before. He's told other people he's... His favourite formation is 4-3 and then we'll see. So he's going to start with four <laughs> in defence, a three-man midfield, and then see who we're playing against, see who's fit, who's suspended, who needs a rest, whatever. But you look at, so that leaves you three players. So you've got Ronaldo, Morata, Chiesa, Kulusevski, Dybala. Uh, that's five. And you've only got three places before you get to anywhere near Bernadeschi. So... Mm-hmm. It's, it's and I think he's good. fine with that, isn't he? I, I think he's he's a he's a humble enough guy to kind of accept that that background role, and maybe that's yeah. the best. Way, that maybe that's where he shines best, you know. Maybe, like and if humble. he comes in and fits the side, the pro, the problem comes. I think this there's something that the last the last two three seasons have really hammered home for me is we, like okay, he's Juve's fifth choice attacker, and they play three. That's not so bad. You get an injury and a suspension, then he's starting a big game. It's the same in defence. Like, you've got Bonucci, Chiellini, Barzali, De Ligt, and, and then Rugani. It's okay. He's fifth choice. He'll be okay. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. your fifth choice has to play in Champions League. Or, okay, so we've got Bonucci, Chiellini, De Ligt, and Demiral. And then Demiral has to start a big game and he gets undone. And it's it's the, with De Chilio, it's the same at fullback. It's... It's okay having these players for depth, but there comes a big game where they've got to play and you need them to be able to deliver. And I think, I, I just wonder if if it's the same, obviously covering Serie A and, and covering Juve in great detail. I wonder if it's the same. I wonder if there's a, a, a Bavarian Giants podcast where they, they get in depth <laughs> and, and down in the details about the, the fifth choice centre-back and the fifth choice attacker. And they're like, this guy can't do it, man. But then you look and you think, Kingsley Coleman is their fifth choice attacker. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the same thing. I, I just don't know. I think I think sometimes it's like we oh, it's not so bad, it's this, it's that. And then a big game comes, it's like, fuck, we're playing Rogani again, man. Yeah. Rogani Rogani to me is the le- is my least favorite player in Juve. It's nothing personal, even though you know, pictures with his wife is just it's just hilarious to me. The, the, the those those two are a different topic. I can have a podcast just on how cringy those two are but when it comes to the field like you you mentioned that too i it's so funny because i like think back to your uh to your tweets because they're most of the time listen 99 of the time 
they're just so spot on. Rugani just avoids any kind of contact, and the goals that come. And I think I think he's played when when you know he caused a couple of goals. You can't you can't you can't have that. You can't. No. I get so frustrated with him, and that brings me to the to kind of a question you mentioned: the firepower we have up front. What are your guys' thoughts on our defense coming up this year? Because it, it kind of worries me. I'm not going to lie. Justin, you sorry? Um, you, do you want to go so first? I, I, I well, it's not that I don't want to go first. I just don't want to like. I have a tendency to barrel over people when I talk, so I don't want to do that. So I leave I'm a little breathing room. So now we're both holding back and nobody's talking. Exactly, we're both like nervous. We're like, I don't want to just yeah, because I, I don't want to have You're fine, guys. Really... This, this this podcast is not known for its for its professionalism. So please just just. Well, I feel like Adam will have it. a really like good professional opinion. Then I'll come in with some jackassery for the most part. Around, you know, well, give, give us saying. the jackassery. We're we're, well, we're here for it. Well, no, my biggest part is, and I've talked about it on our channel, on the Beyond Canary Zone YouTube channel a lot, is just I am so anti-Rugani playing at all, <laughs> like for Juventus mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, he wore me down the end of the 2019-2020 season when he was getting a lot of playing time there. I remember goal after goal that he gave up. And, like, he just left. You know, I just I, I can't do it again. I can't relive those memories again. And that's when, as soon as he was coming back, Chilio is somebody I can I can come around a little bit on. Uh, when we had, uh, what was it, uh, DeShulio and then you had Pellegrini in at the same time, I would rather have DeShulio from what I saw, the performance that he gave. Uh, let me know if you have a different opinion. Uh, but that's that's how I viewed it at the time. Uh, but Rugani is one that I I worry if he ever just sees the field. <laughs> I just don't want I, I, I don't want it. I can't. Well, that's the problem. He may see the field because Chiellini gets injured more. Yeah, I know. I and that's... Think- no, you go. Sorry. You go. No, all, all I was gonna say was that, uh, yeah, that's what I worry about. Chiellini, Bonucci, and Delict all get injured all the time. So you know, I, that's what I worry about. You're gonna have Rugani and uh, what Dragusin out there, or you're gonna have, you know, whatever, whatever have you. That's where I start to get worried about the season and yeah. you know, giving up goals. So for me, every every question you're gonna ask me about this season coming up, I'm gonna. So I'm not gonna say it over and over again. Just refer back to this bit before mm-hmm. any other answer that I give, right? Everything about this season for you, there comes down to what version of Max Allegri we get. If we get 2014, to, if we get pre-Cardiff edition Max Allegri, right? The, the mm-hmm. forward-thinking guy who helped Juve smash seven goals past Parma with Tevez destroying him, letting everybody free, taking the shackles off after Conte made us play that boring defensive Five-two style, right? But that's who we're like. We, uh, we don't say this c-word on our podcast. Thank you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm just Can kidding. Buzz I'm it out kidding. when you do the sound effects for the quiz in post. Just buzz <laughs> that out. Bleep it. Definitely. Sorry, I'll try not to limit my use of the c-word again. But Allegri was the guy who took the shackles off and really freed up that team of of Pogba and Tevez and Vidal and and Morata to go and destroy teams. And you look at the way football has gone since. Allegri left in 2019, and it's gone even further that way, hasn't it? You know, even Italy play that way, for God's sake, right? If, mm-hmm. if Italy are playing that way, the, the most dour, defensive, Catanacho-inspired nation in the world can can let the shackles off and press up the field and, and win the ball back high up the pitch and take the game to the opposition, then surely Allegri has to see that. He's been sat watching football for two years, and he's a smart man. If he comes back the, the post-Cardiff edition way, he wants to play Sami Khedira and he wants to sit deep and and win one nil. It's not going to end well because that's not football anymore. You can't you can't win the biggest games one nil. It just doesn't happen. And one goal one goal comes to mind is when we played Real Madrid in 2015 at home semi final. 
and that build up to the to the Morata goal. You know, yeah. I, somebody 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 reposted it a couple of weeks ago. It was a it was a wonder too. They they refused. They refused to. There's ton of those goals. You you go back to 2017 in the the semi final against Monaco, and there's that free flowing with Danny Alves and back heels and Iguain mm-hmm. scores and he's over the hoardings and he's into the crowd and all of that. Mm-hmm. Brilliant goal, brilliant moment, and that was the kind of performance that Allegri team before Cardiff delivered all the time. So I say all of that to say the Juve defence is, is a, a, a two-part thing. First of all is that, if, is if Juve play high up the pitch and defend with everybody, it doesn't really matter who plays at the back. You know, like, Italy did really well. Even when Acerbi came in, Italy did well. It doesn't matter. Italy played a high line, high up the pitch, trying to win the ball back. And you've got Bonucci and Chiellini back there who were slow. Both of them are slow. And it didn't matter. And, and they, you can just mask the problems in defence by defending on the edge of their box instead of the edge of your box. And mm-hmm. that's going to make such a massive difference. The second thing I would say about the Juve defence is it's time for me to kind of transition into the the post-Giorgio Chiellini era and make Bonucci delict the, the regulars and maybe use, Chiel, use Chiellini, even if you use him in the biggest games, but don't be playing him every week. Bonucci Chiellini, Bonucci Chiellini, Bonucci Chiellini. Mm-hmm. Oh, Chiellini's got injured. Okay, Delict is in. Oh, now Bonucci's got five yellow cards. Oh, okay, we've got a Champions League quarterfinal. Who's playing? Delict and Rogani. Well, you can't get to that stage. So for me, you've got to you've got to have Allegri playing in the the modern way that Juve need to play, and then he's got to be playing. He's got to be protecting us from Chiellini, like st- go with if the if it's a default thing. All good, all things being equal. Play Bonucci and Delict, and then if it's a big game and you want to bring Chiellini in, cool. He's never going to let you down. That's awesome. But use him in like the Bartzali role, like we had Bartzali for so long. Bring mm-hmm. him off the bench last ten minutes, protect the lead. Stick him in in this game. We need a win. Cool. Let's do it. it we saw it last season with Buffon. The, the the team went to shit, and then they played against Torino. Uh, let's drop Chesney, play Buffon because we need a leader. Cool. Now you've got Chiellini in that role. Do the same again. Would you bring you up a like, good. Sorry, go ahead, Justin. Go, like go, said, go, go, go. That's what I do. No, I was just saying, would you run like almost like a rotation where you have it like set, like, you know, Keeling and Benucci? The next match, you know, it's going to be Benucci Delict. And then the next match, you know, it's uh, Delict and Chiellini and like keep doing that. Like, besides obviously the big matches where you know you need, you know. Chiellini. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. What, I, what you need to avoid is it being Bonucci Chiellini every week because if that happens, you know, hashtag Giorgio Chiellini's calf, we're going to get that. <laughs> Ten games fell where he's not available, and then you have to play Rogani. If 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 Allegri manages it and and is smart about it, hopefully we never fucking see Rogani unless it's Coppa Italia against some mm-hmm. Cheruno side. But apart from that, I just don't want to watch the guy anymore. We know what he's going to do. Yeah. He's going to back up away from the guy with the ball, and he's going to just stand there and watch him shoot because he needs to protect his face for his girlfriend's Instagram account. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, Adam Adam didn't come to play, huh? Uh, Adam brings up a good point because I feel like Allegri, I'm going to start yelling so hard. Uh, I feel like Allegri has a difficult job on his hands this year because he will have to, like, like Adam brought up, he will have to rotate the defense and he will have to play with the egos of the offense. Like you said, we have five or six amazing, you know, goal scorers. And with Ronaldo on the team, it's never easy. And we will kind of get into the Ronaldo situation. Uh, actually, we may have we may do that next. Um, it, it will be difficult to 
to to manage. So that's when the coach, we all know he's an amazing coach. We need to see how good of a manager he is because he's playing with a lot of egos. He's playing with, you know, younger players, older players by their side, kind of give both of them equal amount of play. And, and you know, we're going to be, we will be uh, in, in three different, tournament so it, it, will, it will be a difficult season for him but i'm really looking forward i'm i'm so happy when he came back what was uh what was your guys's reaction real quickly before we get into ronaldo what's what was your reaction when they announced finally announced allegri i'll go i'll go this time and i'll go quick exactly what i said before. Yeah, yeah. if it's 2014 to 2017 allegri awesome sign me up if it's 2017 to 2019 allegri i'm not here for it it's, we know how it's going to end it's going to final losing to a team that we should beat mm. Mine, mine was more, I guess it was just relief because I don't know what other options you're really pursuing right now. And that's what I was looking at. I was just like, what else is better than Allegri? Even, like I said, I mean, like, you definitely don't want to get the end of his tenure last time. But even then, sometimes maybe wouldn't that be better than what we had? I don't know. Is that better than what we had with Sadi and then with, uh, you know, Pirlo? Especially Pirlo, who at the time I felt like he didn't really know what he was doing. He was just going to throw out a different formation every match. And then by the end of the season it still felt like you're still at the beginning and there's no real plan or real, um, you know, there's no real set goal of what you're, of what you're trying to work out there. Shout outs to Pirlo, by the way, he, uh, he, he did his yeah. job. He, he, um, he did get us to the champions league. It was, it was a fun season last year. And by fun, I mean, it was terrible. Uh, it was terrible <laughs> to watch the team. It was terrible to see our team give up goals and give up leads. So again, with Allegri coming back, you get that, that sure thing again, you get that, that if you're up one zero, you know, you know, he'll do everything to either score or keep that, you know, keep that lead. So we're getting some kind of a stability. I'm going to come a little, I felt like me coming in here for the first time, I came a little too, it's going to sound like I'm very negative about Pirlo, which I'm not. I love Pirlo. Obviously I'm a big fan of his, but at the same time, I just feel like he wasn't ready. It would have been worked yeah, out way better. I, for I him. think that's right. I think there's a, there's a fair chance that Andrea Pirlo will become a really good coach, but he mm-hmm. wasn't ready to be the Juventus coach last season for definite. Um, I think the, the only thing I would add to that is I think when Allegri got sacked by Milan, he had six months away from the sport watching before he came to Juve. And he's had two years. And after that six months at Milan, he, he was really negative in the, the very end of his Milan tenure. And he, he rightly got panned for that. And he came back and he was awesome. So in that respect, I think it bodes well. I think we could see a, a, maybe a completely different Allegri to, to both versions that I've alluded to already and see a version who's watched the success of Mancini's Italy and Gasparini's Atalanta and De Zerbi's Sassuolo and all of that. And he's got those players... And I think what, what you said, Fahad, about um, about the blend of, of old and young players is very reminiscent of the, the Juve that he came to in 2014. You know, there you had you had Tevez and you had Batsali and Chiellini and Buffon, but you also had a really young Morata. You had really young, unproven Pogba. You know, you had you had all these talents who, who were coming. Roberto Pereira was a, a fantastic player for, for Allegri in that first spell. Um, and I think you look, you look around and you look at the players and you look at the weapons he's got. And it's really hard to imagine Allegri trying to force a, a, a defensive outlook on that team when you've got so many weapons. And, and then you look at the midfielders and there isn't a defensive midfielder, is there? You know, There's no um, Blaise Matuidi or a really negative kind of Sami Khedira. It's Rabiot, OK, he's a, he's a more hard-working type player, but everybody else, Bentanker, um, Ramsey, McKenney. Uh, 
Locatelli and Artur. They're all progressive players. They're all young mm -hmm. players who are going to want to go and take the game to the opposition. And, and he's not pushed for the club to go out and sign, I don't know, sort of like Lucas Belia or, you know, some some dinosaur who's just going to sit there and, and, mm -hmm. and keep everything steady. They've, they've still got all those players who were trying to play whatever Pirlo was trying to do, like Justin said. But that was, he was definitely trying to play attacking football, wasn't he? You know, it might not have worked and he might not have known how to do it, but he was trying to play attacking football. And, and that's definitely the way football has gone. And you have to hope that, that Pirlo will see, that Allegri will see that and that Allegri will come that way. And the signings seem to indicate that that will be the case because there isn't, there isn't a, a player in there where you think, oh, well, if he plays him, you know, we don't have Thomas Rincon in the squad anymore or somebody who's going to just sit there and break up the play. We don't have those guys anymore. So it, it bodes well from that perspective for me. Very interesting. I, I, we're so underqualified to listen to Adam, <laughs> to have him right. on the podcast. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm like, this is a legit man who knows what he's talking about. And you're a fraud. Um, yeah. <laughs> not you, oh, me, myself. Oh, I thought you were saying that you just Oh, my God. No. And I was <laughs> oh, my God. No. <laughs> I, I'm completely okay with that. Like I said, I, I, I'm also just, it's more of me being like, I'm going to start asking questions like I'm the host and be like, I'm asking him instead of me giving opinions. But no, I, just, I enjoyed just Justin, this is Justin, this is your first appearance on the podcast. We don't call people frauds <laughs> until their second opinion appearance. So um, so tell me this, um, since, you know, Adam, since since we have you on the podcast, we take advantage of you being in the in the journalistic world. Is there anything that's going on in UV right now that is maybe unknown or, or is there something we should we should be expecting? No, not really. I think it's it's a lot of, like Justin said, with trying to get his YouTube channel going, at the moment, a lot of the people who are talking about you there are using a lot of words to say not a lot at all, really. There's, mm -hmm. There is no news, because if there was, we know that it would be out there. We know that great people like Romeo Agresti, you want to talk about calling me a fraud, you, you look around, you see people like Romeo Agresti and Fabrizio Romano and uh, Gianluca Di Marzio, they, they really know their stuff and, and they really don't have anything to say. You know, there's there's talk mm -hmm. of this player might leave or that player might leave. I think the squad is a little bit a little bit bloated and I think one or two players might be pushed out before the end of the window, whether that's players like Fagioli and Pellegrini or or another one of the midfielders. I mean, there's even been talk of Weston McKinney, hasn't there? But I think I, I really I, I wanted to touch on that. That, it, that news kind of upset me that Juve, you know, consider him not being non-transferable. So basically, they're open to listen to Giovanni. You, you know, he was saying that uh, I actually forgot what he was saying. I, I'm going to read that WhatsApp to you guys later. But what are you guys' thoughts on McKinney being available for for transfer? For me, I think it's it's a little bit of the there's no news. So let's say something, you know, I think. It's very clear that Juve are trying to push Aaron Ramsey out of the squad. He's on a real. He's the second highest paid player behind Ronaldo, mm -hmm. before or maybe third behind uh, DiBala as well. I think DiBala is eight point five and uh, Ramsey is eight. But he's he's <laughs> what's he going to be? We we spoke about Rugani being fifth choice defender, but if you've got what the starting midfield when everybody is healthy has got to be Artur in front of the defense and then Rabiot and Locatelli either side, I would say. And then if, if you want a more attacking option, then you're going to put McKenny in there. We know that Ben Tancur is there. We know that Allegri can rely on him and trust him. He can maybe fit in for Artur, maybe fit in for Ben Tancur, uh, maybe fit in for Rabiot, maybe even fit in for Locatelli. He can play any of those roles, really. He's, mm -hmm. he's quite a, a versatile midfielder, is uh, Ben Tancur. 
So that leaves McKenney and Ramsey as, as fifth choice. And it, but if McKenney gets back to his very best from last season, then he should push ahead of Benton Kerr and be a, a, a more attacking option than Rabiot to play in that starting three. So it would be really stupid for me. But I think it's mm-hmm. sometimes with the transfer market, I think that people are a little bit guilty of of making one-on-one makes three, you know, I think you can't get rid of Ramsey. Well, they must be trying to sell McKenny then. No, they're trying to get rid of Ramsey because he's a really high earner, not because they've got one midfielder too many. If they lose one, then they probably have to get another one in, but they'll want it to be on a lot less salary than they're currently paying Aaron Ramsey. So to me, that might explain why Fajoli's not gone out yet. Maybe if you can look to get rid of Ramsey in the last few weeks, because we know with the, the Premier League clubs that they can, they can, they've still got money. They can still come in and spend. If, Maybe not one of the top clubs comes in for Ramsey, but if one of the top clubs comes in, like we saw with Jack Grealish going from Aston Villa, Aston Villa have got a hundred million pounds burning a hole in their pockets right now. Yeah, you know, but they're going to need midfielders to replace Grealish. And how long before you look around and go, "Yeah, we could get Ramsey back. He could do something for us. Let's go and get him." Oh, Juve want twenty million, but he's maybe a fifth as good as Jack Grealish. Let's just pay it, you know. And it's it's very easy to see how Juve could really end up making a big profit on somebody like Ramsey when we're sat here now bemoaning the fact that he's getting paid 8 million a year basically for being injured and taking his kids to school in Turin and running his dogs in the park, you know, but it's, <laughs> it's I think with the, with the McKenny thing, I don't buy that. I think he had such a fantastic season last year in his first I hope so. year. He's, he's going to be playing in a team that has a much more cohesive midfield. He's going to be able to actually do his job of being the most attacking midfielder if he plays with Arturo and Locatelli or, or, or maybe Rabiot in there as well in a more well-balanced team with clearly defined roles under Max Allegri and a, a clear game plan, whether it's a game plan I agree with or not. We know with Allegri that the plan will be set. And, and McKenney is an, is an awesome player. He proved that last year. If he can deliver against Barcelona the way that he did, if he can deliver in midfield in a team that makes no sense whatsoever with a coach who's really out of his depth, you're a fucking good player, man. And, and Juve are not going to let that guy go easily. And he, he's a weapon to be used. And I think Allegri would love to have a player like that. Look what Allegri did with Pogba. You know, it really turned him into an attacking force. And there's not there's no similarity really between the two players' performances. Their, their games are not the same in any way. But as that third option in midfield, when, when you've got a, a, a regista in our tour and you've got a, a player who can get... Um, can get forwards and get back in Locatelli, you've got the option of playing McKenney as a real attacking force. Kind of like we saw Barella trying to do for Italy. If you match those roles up, if if Artur is Jorginho and then Locatelli is Locatelli and then you, you can have uh, McKenney playing as Barella. And I, I think that's a really good way to go. I think you bring up a good point because all the players that we saw last year or last couple of years without Allegri, I want to keep them and I want to see what they do under Allegri because I feel like he's one of those guys like he's like an Italian Alex Ferguson. He will he will bring out the best in players, especially the young players. Um, every once in a while, I like to read very shitty takes from Twitter. And this is I'm not going to put them on blast, but it's it's one of those followers, one of those Twitter users that just says stuff. And as much as I like McKinney, he seems like a little childish young boy, which may rub the other players the wrong way. We saw the value he can bring to a team last year, but he was very inconsistent. And it just <laughs> makes my head hurt, hurt because, you know, everyone is childish nowadays because you have social media and, and you know, you see, you see players 
in their in their private lives and i feel like considering he's 21 he's what 22 23 i feel like he's a smart kid with a you know good head on his shoulder so that's What was kind of unfair was it the harry potter celebrations was it the like maybe being and supposedly getting in trouble for the party or whatever whatever that nonsense was like i don't understand what was really childish about yeah, mckinney the, the, the thing is with that that it's just it's like you said it's just a stupid comment man like <laughs> okay so so mckinney's childish for what it, if it's the for, if it's for the being harry potter, if it's the harry potter celebration Well, so what is how he chose to celebrate a goal every play you're telling me that ronaldo running up jumping up in the air and shouting <laughs> sue really loud yeah. isn't a bit childish i mean literally he was he was a child literally like five years ago so we can't yeah, really blame him for being a little childish no, and if it's if it's the oh he had a party during covid well so did paulo dibala who's meant to be the fucking vice captain so he's childish too then so yeah. don't put mckenny on blast for something that the club's vice captain did that's meant to be immature he's he's a young guy he's He's taken a big, big decision to, to, to leave the States, to, to leave MLS, to go and, and play for a real... Well, Schalke got relegated last season. So he, he's gone to a, a, a real step down the ladder. Schalke are not the force that they were 10, 15 years ago when they were in Europa League. They're in Bundesliga 2 now. So he mm. took a massive chance on himself To, to go to European football, not to a big name, not to a Premier League club where he's going to get paid loads of money, whether he performs or not, to a German team who are not going to suffer any fools and he's going to have to learn the language, he's going to have to fit in, he's going to have to put the work in and he's going to have to perform. And he did that and he looked good. He looked good enough for Juventus to go and sign him. So you can call him childish, man. He's, how many other young Americans his age could go abroad and survive in not one, but two different countries, two very different cultures, two completely different languages and still be good enough to score a goal at Camp Nou, which means that oh, you can I, go and do your fucking Harry Potter celebration. That's that, that childish. That's a fucking big man with his big boy pants on right there. That, that, that goal, I only wish that we saw that goal in front of full stands because it was just such a beautiful photo op. Um, well, I promised, I promised to bring you... The, well, well, go ahead, Justin. I did have a real quick, real quick course, comment take, I wanted to make on this. We're, we're not then, rushing anywhere. No, I just want to say I want to make a quick comment and then I'll I'll be more than happy to sit back and just listen to Adam more. That's what I just enjoy doing this right now for the most part. Um, my take kind of this, and I don't know if it's a hot take or not, but when it comes to Weston McKinney, um, there's the aspect of also I'm an American. It's something cool of seeing no. an American play for my favorite team. You know what I mean? Yes. Like there's something yes. there that just when he was, I remember when he got first, uh, when he first was, you know, being looked at and then signed, I don't know that I was huge on it. I didn't really, I didn't even from, I didn't know much about him at that point. So Nobody there's something, did. there's something cool to that aspect. You're and then there's also say that man, you're an American on a podcast <laughs> talking about you. You to school with Weston McKinney or you followed his whole career. Actually, my family is from Dallas, so they probably did know him. You know, they, there's a good chance. They we'll may have we'll known go him. with that. We'll go with, with that. that. You know, actually, my cousin, my cousin played with him growing <laughs> up. You know, I'm just, I'm He's your, this we'll go even further. He is your cousin. He is actually uh, my cousin is uh, they're mixed. So there's a, there's a very <laughs> good possibility. Go. Uh, there you go. But that's, uh, so your cousin say, Weston McKenna. Yeah, go on. Yes, my, my cousin Weston. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, what I was getting at, and there's a lot that he does that I would not want to lose because I feel like he's definitely proven himself a little bit more. He's taken some steps, especially in the, uh, oh, I was stuck, stuck with it, CONCACAF or whatever. During mm -hmm. that, he definitely took over and met, um, a couple of those situations for America. He's definitely uh, shown on the, you know, on the biggest stage as an American that he is definitely ready for the big stage. But my other take really from it is also 
less of him as a player because I love that he's I love that he's kind of a bulldog. He's you know going after balls all over the place. He's kind of him and Kiesa. I love the two of them because they're both always going after balls. They're always hustling. Hustle is a big you know word that I use because it's a big word that they use here. Uh, but my main thing too was less on, less on the field because Juventus have used him a lot and like a lot of marketing, and he's been and also. Uh, not to get political, but there's been a lot of, uh, you know, the social justice stuff that's been going on for the last year or whatever. I feel like losing McKinney, who spoke on it quite a bit, Juventus kind of used him for that role, would be kind of a big loss for them going forward, especially when you have some diversity there. I don't know how important that is, you know, on that stage, but I feel like that is something to be said. And that's the I, 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 I totally agree with that. And I think as a, as a putting a, aside what I do for a job, I think as a Juve fan, seeing a, a young, intelligent black guy playing for Juve and speaking out is really important because there's so many times, like with the... I mean, can you imagine if Weston McKennie was there when Moises Keane got racially abused in Cagliari? That's the kind of voice that Juve need. And it, it, I, I love seeing him speak out. I love seeing the fact that the club are, are supporting him in doing that because Juve really need to, to, to lead the way because Italy is so backwards in, in tackling these issues. And Juve having somebody like Weston McKennie, who's willing to put his name on it and, and, and say these things and speak out and defend what he believes is right, is huge for Juve and for Syria. I think it, it's so big, especially in a, a, a year where you where Syria, as a Juve fan, I think it's awesome. But as somebody who follows Syria, into losing Romelu Lukaku is a real blow in that regard because yeah. he was the the biggest face speaking out for the, the the social injustice that is being suffered all the time in Italy and particularly in Serie A stadium. So if if McKenny can pick the torch up from that and keep it going, then that's essential for Juve and essential for Serie A. And, and seeing a guy doing it in in the shirt that 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 I follow in the colours that I follow and and for the team that I love, that's mm-hmm. so important to me as a Juve fan. You know, forget. Forget everything else. To me, having a having somebody who's willing to speak out and speak out on things that that I believe in personally, having somebody in a Juve shirt wearing the Juve kit doing that, it means so yeah. much to me. And it yeah, it's 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 the it's <clears throat> nowadays it's it's the tomorrow's game. I call it. it's like it's more than just a competition on a field, and 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 it's good to have someone speaking out like that. Um, last thing I mentioned about. McKenny, I promised to bring you Giovanni's opi- uh, opinion. He loves him, but he I, says... I thought you read out people who read stupid tweets before. <laughs> I, I can't. Jo- jo- Giovanni is, is my guy. And, uh, <laughs> I'm uh, only kidding, Giovanni, this, man. I love you too, you know that. Uh, so he says, he says uh, if Tottenham sells Kane for $176 million and Paratici comes with a $45 million cash and carry, I'm okay with that. So he's he's thinking in terms of uh, in terms of you know marketing. I mean, uh, uh, market prices. And listen, forty five million dollars for McKinney. I love the guy, but but can can beggars can be choosers nowadays with the with the with uh, the money. The way that Cherubini handled the Locatelli deal, man, he'll be able to talk him into taking Aaron Ramsey for fifty instead of <laughs> McKinney for forty five. It's all good. Let's. I, I like it. I like it. Um, Speaking of social media and and the you know the the racial injustice, we talked about it in the last podcast. Do you, Adam? Do you know what happened to the uh, to the social media admin that posted the racially insensitive tweet? The the you know we won't even mention it was so yeah. it was just so dumb. Do, do you know if he or she's I still there? I don't know if they're still there or not for definite, but I would imagine they no longer know the password for the Uber Twitter account. 
Nah, man, that was I listen, I'm on Reddit. I, I, I like to keep up with other, believe it or not, other interests other than you, but I saw that tweet, the screenshot everywhere, all over the place. It, it, it wasn't even related to to like soccer or football related accounts. People were just posting it because it was so embarrassing. But, you know, hopefully that's hopefully yeah, they've think, learned. And I think what I would say is I know as a fact that the person who was running the, the Juve women's Twitter, which is where that tweet Mm-hmm. was posted was an Italian and it, it's one of those things where what exactly what I'm saying about McKenney the, a lot of people in Italy still don't understand what's wrong with that tweet yeah and, I'm and, glad you brought that up you know and and that's the problem is you have a lot of a lot of diversity and a lot of international voices on their social media team but I know as a fact that the person responsible for running the women's tw- Twitter was an Italian who probably doesn't grasp the severity of what he's done. Didn't at the time, but I'm fully confident that they do right now, knowing the people who are in charge of that office. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, that was, that was shocking to see, honestly. And that's the only word I can describe. So we're going to talk about Ronaldo. I mean, we we cannot mention it. And I just saw a tweet uh, saying that uh, he was offered by his agent to Manchester City but they're still hopeful of landing uh, Harry Kane and they rejected the offer. What does that do to Ronaldo's ego? And we'll go with, with, with Justin, if he wants to go um, kind of give his opinion, what does that do to his ego in the upcoming season um, and the relationship between him and our, you know, Juve fans knowing that he was, he was trying to get out at one point. I'm gonna get my. I don't want to get myself in too much trouble because I am well yeah, known for being very, very uh, open with my feelings on Ronaldo. And when it comes to Ronaldo, um, no, don't worry, no one's listening. You're not gonna get in trouble. That's okay. Perfect. That's that's, that's why I came on <laughs> here. Speak I, on it. <laughs> I, I expected that I was the only one that actually listened to the podcast, so that's why I came on. That's it. Um, just one listen. Yeah, I mean, I'm just very big on. I mean, there's so many different ways I could take it. There's the, you know, when Ronaldo came, I was happy about it. I was excited, but also I am a Juventus first fan. That's what I care about. I don't care about Ronaldo. I don't care about Messi and all their drama that the fans that they do. That's why I hate getting on Twitter. You get on Twitter, there's a Chiellini text or a tweet that goes out on Juventus, and there's seventy thousand, you know, responses. Messi and Ronaldo fanboys just arguing with each other. That's what I get annoyed with. Um, It's a feeling that I got over the last, you know, over the last season. Maybe some of, you know, against, uh, with Saudi, obviously. But, like, you just looked at him at, at least at the end of last year, and he just looked pissed to be at wearing, wearing a Juventus shirt. He looked pissed to be on the field. Like, I just see the frustration, and I see all that. It doesn't bode well for, like, to me as a fan, I don't think it bodes well for the season, just seeing that, like, this is, just feels like a waiting period of how long till I can get out of here is what it feels like to me. Um, and I just – the biggest part of me that I – he one thing obviously Ronaldo still he's a guaranteed basically 30 goals a season he's basically you know guaranteed that but there's a chemistry issue that I think we've all seen for a while and I see the frustration frustration that maybe I just personally don't expect for a player of his caliber to have or to at least to exhibit it so clearly I'm a I'm a private investigator what I do a lot of times I end up interviewing people that have committed serious offenses. I read body language for like a living a lot of times like that. And if you're that easy to read your body language, your frustration, it should, it shouldn't be that easy for the most part. And um, I guess that's what I kind of go with it where it's frustrating to see him out there. It's frustrating to see also one of the biggest parts that I, 
maybe it's an expectation that I have personally that is maybe it's over the top. It shouldn't be needed because Keelini is like the captain and he is the one who's out there. You see him pushing guys into assignments, moving them around, doing all that. I guess I expected that of somebody of his age and his, um, you know, his ability, his skill level, his, you know, everything about Ronaldo being Ronaldo. I expected him being more of a leader um, for the team. And I haven't really seen that. At least I don't feel like, I don't know what goes on in the, in the um, practice or not the practice, sorry, Uh, during practices and training. I don't see what goes on in the locker room, but I just haven't really noticed that overall. um, I mean, you can't, you can't deny that it's 10 players and Ronaldo. I mean, having, having such a big name, you just can't deny that. What are your thoughts, Adam? Is he, is he going to, I mean, PSG Juve in the final and Ronaldo beating Messi in the Champions League final would be a dream. Um, I'm still hoping that'll happen because I am hashtag team treble with Giovanni. Um, but but yeah, I mean you can't can't help but but think about how he will be viewed differently in one year because right now he still has that market marketability that he can go to a place like Manchester City. Apparently not, I guess, but. Uh, the fact that he was still offering himself, I'm I'm thinking the the offers will not be will not be kind to him by next year. Maybe you know U.S. or 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 somewhere who can afford to pay him more than he's getting paid right now. What are your thoughts, Adam? I think the one thing we know about Ronaldo from the past few years is if people doubt him, that's when he's at his best. He fucking mm-hmm. loves it, man. He revels in it. You know, oh you, oh, you think I'm done? You think I'm washed? Mm-hmm. Okay. I love it. Here's 50 goals. You know, that's that's exactly who he is. Yeah, that's Justin. Always done. Yeah, I, I'm just a hater. Doing... That's what I am. No, it's, <laughs> it's not because he, the thing is, right, with Ronaldo at his age, eventually he is going to fall off, right? We know he is. It's, I, I think the easiest parallel in sport to make right now is Ronaldo and LeBron. I think it's right there and it's such low-hanging fruit. It's so easy. Like, he's... He's, he's at the age that he's at. He's completely transformed his body into being the kind of player he needs to be to survive at his age. He's in peak physical condition, probably better than any athlete who's ever played their sport ever. And, and mm-hmm. he knows what exactly what it takes to win. And if you think back to, do you remember, or not last season, the season before, LeBron's first season with the Lakers, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, they're not in playoff contention. Oh, I'm feeling a little bit hurt. I'm not going to play mails it in, they they get a higher pick in the draft, all of that, comes back, gets Anthony Davis, boom, title. You look at Ronaldo, from when Juve went out of Champions League, when he realises they're not winning Serie A with Pilo, he's like, fuck this shit. And he, just, <laughs> he, he did, exactly like yeah. Justin said, he walked around like a guy who didn't give a shit. Why? Mm-hmm. Because he knows he's not going to win, so he don't waste any energy because that's who mm-hmm. he is. And then he goes to the Euros with Portugal, and it was pretty much the same, wasn't it? He's won a trophy with Portugal. He knows lightning doesn't strike twice. He walks Mm -hmm. around, sulks a bit, scores a couple of goals, comes home, job done. Maybe tries to get a transfer, maybe whatever. I think think once it got to sort of August, once August started, certainly, I never thought he was going to leave. You look back to when he first came to Juve and it was halftime in the World Cup final when they announced he was going. He he knows how to to write a script as well, Ronaldo, just (laughs) like LeBron. Um, and, and there was nothing, it was all quiet. So I thought, no, there's no way he's going to go. And I think this season, with Allegri back, with a, a, a revitalised midfield with Locatelli, I think we'll probably see a, a really great start from Ronaldo. I, I, I've been doing some preview work on Serie A already um, last week and this week. 
Ronaldo scored seven goals in five games against Udinese, who Juve play at the weekend. <laughs> and they just sold their goal, their best goalkeeper to uh, Atalanta as well. So it's a really weak Udinese. So I really wouldn't be surprised if he hits the ground running and, and lifts his T-shirt up to say, how do you like me now, Justin? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to... Uh, it's personal now. I was going to interject yeah. real quick and say, I've been doing the comparison of Ronaldo and uh, Michael Jordan always is the way I go with it. But I think it might be a more apt comparison doing Ronaldo and LeBron, because if you don't get him help, he can't win. And that's yeah. the way I look. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah no, I think there's definitely some merit to the Michael Jordan thing, though, with the, the mm-hmm. fucking sheer ruthlessness. Like he's going to whoop his kids at cards until he's 75, because yeah. I would, what's the point of playing if I'm not going to win? He's definitely got that. But yeah. I think, yeah, I think that that with, with, uh, with LeBron is apt too. And I think the, the problems last season, the, the chemistry thing, to me, all Juve's problems for the last three, four years all come back to midfield. If the midfield mm-hmm. doesn't work, then the defence looks shit and the attack looks shit too. But you, you get Locatelli in there and all of a sudden you've got actual balance for the first time since since Pogba left, maybe. So you, you know, mentioned I, Locatelli and thank you, for the, thank you for the segue. I think we're going to leave the Ronaldo argument. We're going to move on to because I was, I was trying to have the Locatelli-centric episode and um, because, just because we're so excited, we want to break down everything. So here are a couple of fantastic stats that I read yesterday. Um, Locatelli. Last year, 2020-2021 Serie A season, he had, out of all players, not just in his team, out of all players, he had the most touches, the most passes attempted, the most passes in the opposition half, the most passes into the final third, most final third entries, and second most tackles, and third most final third passes attempted. And that's with Sassuolo. So give, 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 you know, give the kid a dream team to play in and a coach like Allegri and some amazing strike force up front. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing this guy in the, in the, in, you know, in the next season. What do you guys think of, um, how do you, I'm going to give a really, really difficult question here. How do you think hearing those stats, um, what do you, what do you expect from Locatelli this year? My quick question is, does the transitive property uh, work thing work with like Chiesa and how he was performing at Fiorentina and came to Juventus and looks like a superstar? Are we going to give him more? Like, are we, Can we expect more of that from Locatelli when he's playing with better? I mean, he's, he's got better pieces around him, obviously, at Juve than he had at yeah. Sassuolo. So, can so we let me ask it. Let me ask a different. Let me ask a, a question differently. Okay. Do you think that solves our midfield problems? I think it helps. I don't know that it solves the midfield problems myself. Yeah, uh, I'd rather hear Adam. We're still, obviously, we're still, this, but we're still not at MVP level back in you know 2016, aren't we? No, but I, I think I mean, but I, I guess from what I was saying is more. I feel like you need Logatelli and then maybe one other piece. Obviously, Pogba would be the dream, but you know something else. Uh, you know, I know people push for Awar or whatever have you. I don't know. You Awar get you get Pjanic or nothing. I know in Pjanic, I have, again, I get a lot of hate because I've been the anti-Pjanic guy. I've been the, no, we don't need Pjanic, but I have bent the knee because I said, hey, Allegri, we got, we got Locatelli. If Allegri wants his toy and if that's Pjanic, fine, whatever, you know, yeah. I, I think Pjanic will be a real step back because I think that's a, a move back towards the more static, pragmatic, pass it around, hope we can create an opening for Ronaldo type football, give it to Dybala and hope the kid can produce something special. But I think of all those stats you read out, the 
the the the key ones for me were um, most passes in the final third and most tackles, and and that to me speaks to a player who, like I've constant theme through this show is playing high up the pitch, winning the ball back, and then getting it forward and trying to score goals. That's where he's at his best. He's not a see, keep seeing people describing him as a regista. He's not a regista at all. Can he mm-hmm. sit in front of the defence and make some passes? Yeah, absolutely. That's why he made more passes than anywhere else in Syria. That's not how he plays. He's not Jorginho. That's why he played with Jorginho. You know, he, he's, he's not Andrea Pirlo. He's certainly not. Few people are, but it's, you know, it's he's not that guy. He's the guy you saw in the Euros. Play him next to somebody who can do that. Let him get forward. Let him win the ball back. Let him push it into the box. Let him get goals and assists. I think that... Your point, Justin, about um, about making the change to playing with better teammates. He had all those great numbers from last season, but he only got four goals and two assists. Yeah. That, that's because of who he's passing. I was trying not getting. to bring that up, sir. No, no, no. But that's, <laughs> that's no, you're right. You're absolutely right. That's well, finished ninth last season. That's a, a direct result of who he's passing to and who he's getting passes from. If he's getting passes to Ronaldo, like Justin, like we've said already. He gets 30 goals a season. Well, those assists have to come from somewhere. If Locatelli mm-hmm. is the guy making all the passes into the final third, some of the goals are going to end up at Ronaldo and he's going to score. Some are going to be to Chiesa and he's going to score. Some of it might be, like uh, I, I hate the term when it comes to, to our football, but a hockey assist. He might play the ball out wide to Chiesa, it goes in the box and then it's a goal. You know, and, and there's a lot of that certainly with Sassuolo. They play a lot of neat one-touch stuff and and maybe he passes to Baradi, Baradi passes to Caputo and then it's a goal. So it's it's a little bit misleading that he only had two assists. But but playing in a better team with more devastating attacking players, he, he he's going to get more assists. He's going to get more um, more opportunities to score because how, how many players are you going to worry about where they are before you get to Locatelli, you know? First job, we have to pick up Ronaldo. Then we have to pick up Chiesa. Then he's Dybala playing. He's Kulusevski playing. Ah, mm-hmm. shit, we forgot Locatelli. Now he's scored. That, <laughs> that's the kind of goals where he yeah. can come up with. And I think in that midfield, for me, I think you look around and I think him he might be pushed into covering for Artur in the early weeks because Artur needs to recover from his surgery, doesn't he? So, mm-hmm. so maybe he does play a little bit in front of the defence, but he's not... Mm-hmm. He's not going to sit back there and look just to just pass it around slowly the way that, that Bentancur and Pjanic were doing under Sarri. He's going to want to get forward. He's a real attacking, um, incisive, inventive player. And that's reflected in the numbers. I think we need to it's, see more of that. It's really crazy how a personality of a player can really play a big role in whether fans want him or not. We all remember Pjanic as being the biggest UF fan we all love uh, his kid. You know, he's, he's always been respectful uh, towards the Juve colors. But his last two seasons at Juve, he's, he's been crap. So mm-hmm. you get him back, just exactly how much, how much magic can Allegri play on him if he's, if he's just, you know, deteriorating as a player. You know, he's not the same player anymore. And people will turn on him, first mistake he, he makes. And, you know, there, there goes your, your whole, you know, aura of Juve fans loving you. Well, you've 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 got to with Pjanic. You've got to look at his. He was he was pretty poor the last two seasons he was at Juve. He couldn't get into Barcelona's team, and now seemingly he can't even get into Barcelona's squad. So if he's mm. not good enough for a, a, a bankrupt and cash-strapped Barcelona, what is he really bringing to Juve? You know, you got rid of him to bring in Artur, who's a better fit in the midfield that Juve now have than Pjanic would be. 
And I think the, the strengths that Pjanic had have been taken away. The game sped up. So his ability to slow it down and pick a pass is gone because you just mm -hmm. get pressed to death by any number of coaches in Syria. Look at how many teams were pressing high last season. You're in trouble already if you're trying to slow it down. He's great at free kicks. Okay, but Juve have got Ronaldo, so how many free kicks is he actually getting to take? You know? Mm. And, and yes, hands on, absolutely. He's better than Ronaldo at free kicks, definitely. Does that mean mm -hmm. he's going to get to take them? Hell no. Ronaldo's going to take them because that's who he is. You know, Pjanic will be it, stood there with a long face uh, wondering why he didn't get to take it. <laughs> it's a terrible decision. But if I'll he's take, not taking them, he's take, not doing take. anything right. <laughs> Justin with a hot take. Hot take. Let Bernadeschi take him instead of Ronaldo. <laughs> uh, Let anyone take them instead of Ronaldo. Let Pjanic's kid take them instead of Ronaldo, whoever. But yeah. he, yeah. it's not going to happen. We we know that. Like, yeah. as a genuine realist Juve fan, if Pjanic comes back and scores 175 free kicks in a row in training, come Sunday when there's a ball on the edge of the box, Ronaldo's like, I've got this, it's fine. Well, that's really you've sad because... A, you've not scored I've, a free kick in three years, like, yeah, but I'm Ronaldo, fuck off. I, 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 feel, I, I feel bad because we, we've missed... I feel like we've missed out on a lot of free kick goals. There was a lot of free kicks that... Listen, it would, anything is better than, than whatever Ronaldo scored. And I feel like I read somewhere that, that Allegri no longer kind of believes that that hierarchy that he, he will let other players take. I've read it somewhere a couple of, couple of months ago when, uh, when Allegri was just appointed, you know, there was a lot of influx of news about what he's going to do with the squad. And I read somewhere that free kicks are no longer just a um, foregone conclu conclusion that Ronaldo will take them. Um, let, let me see someone take the ball away from him on the pitch and then I'll believe that. And then Very he can say what he wants, but when you're on the field, if Ronaldo picks the ball up, see, apart from Chiellini, seriously, who is going to go up to him and take the ball off him? Because it sure <laughs> as hell ain't going to be Chiesa or Marilyn Pjanic or Aaron Ramsey. He's just going to take him. That's that's just who he is. That's just a, a fact of life. Death taxes and Ronaldo belting free kicks into the wall. <laughs> oh, man, it's a, it's a shame because I feel like Dybalis is a master as well. You know, um, Yeah. Boys, this was fun. I hope you both come back um, because Definitely. I truly enjoyed your company. Adam, you, you're 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 so far away, so we really appreciate you taking your time out of your day. It's like in the middle of your day right now. Um, no, no, Justin, it's, it's good to be on. It's, it's good to be back. It's great meeting Justin as well, and I, I always enjoy doing the show. So thanks. Justin's it's blushing because he's 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 a new to the Juve Juve uh, content creator game. So it's. It's fun to, only, to have him connect. Yeah, we've only been doing it for a couple of months. I've been, you know, I've been more taking it in for most of my life. And now I'm like, let's let's do this thing. And it, it's doing well. I mean, I said we only have like a thousand something subscribers, but for two months, it's not bad on YouTube, I feel like, starting out. Yeah, so. you're, you're good, man. I, I, I look at your ratio of dislikes and likes. To have one dislike, that's that's a pretty good, as a, as a person <laughs> who's just starting out, that's a pretty good deal. Um, well, Justin will over will always have that that bragging rights. Maybe maybe one day we'll maybe one maybe one day we'll have you both back and you know Adam can reclaim the the crown. But I feel like the quizzes are gonna are gonna be are gonna be coming back. I really like I really enjoyed. We're gonna work on some technicalities, but I feel like this was fun. Um, oh, by the way, let's let's you know Juve is playing the under. Oh yeah. Uh, can you can, what's the final score? We were kind of talked through it. Um, um. Juventus, I, Juventus played I, the under 23 game. Ramsey scored, so someone's dying. Um, right. 
it did 3-0 so i guess i don't know if they pulled everybody at halftime i that's when i when we started doing this i think it was right around halftime yeah so uh really looking forward to the season i think the next time we record we will already have played the game is this sunday august 27th against udinese it feels like we've always played the first game against udinese um shout outs to everyone uh, you guys your support we're back um Thank you. Thank you again for listening. Shout out to Sam, Matt, and Giovanni. I missed you guys, but we got, you know, hopefully you got worthy substitutions here. We got a Primavera player and a, and a, and a Pjanic coming back. <laughs> hopefully you'll end up better than Pjanic. But, but Adam, thank you so much. Um, yeah, pre- please share, RT, you know, uh, retweet, share the word, and we really appreciate you guys um, listening to our podcast. And uh, we'll see you when this Wednesday uh, you know, comes back. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Anytime, buddy. See you later.